Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So, uh, live stream is up and running. Looks a little bit different uh, than it did yesterday because, well, yesterday Casey in the middle of the show had a big old battle with his uh, with his service provider. <laughs> his service provider tried to tell me that I burned through six gigabytes of data in three months. And uh, no, that did not happen. So uh, the battle continues, but uh, Rumble is up and running we have the Rumble uh, embedded into the website at theburningtruth.us if you want, but definitely check us out, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. All right, there's a lot to get to today. We are going to cue a bunch of audio, okay? This is Representative Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, who's back to having normal hair and not looking like a clown. Um, I like Matt Gates a lot, but let's be honest, he dressed a little strange there. He looked, he looked like he was transitioning into the Joker, right? Not, not the cool... Like modern jokers, but like the old retro 1960s joker. That's what he looked like he was morphing into. So I'm happy to say he looks like a normal human being again. Uh, but he got into it with the Secretary of Defense, and that is Mr. Austin, Lloyd Austin. Now, you need to know, for those of you who don't know, I mean, most of you do. If you listen to the show, you have an idea of what's going on. But Secretary Austin is probably the worst Secretary of Defense we have ever had. And I say that knowing full well that there's been a lot of really bad secretaries of defense. Austin is the guy who can never remember anything. And he's always embarrassed at these press conferences because he can't remember the most basic, simple things. He's so irrelevant. Here's how irrelevant Secretary Austin is. Joe Biden doesn't know his name. Maybe that's not fair. Joe Biden doesn't know anybody's name. But Joe Biden never gets this man's name right, ever. It never happens. Go back and watch the montages of all of the things that Joe Biden has called Lloyd Austin. He never gets the name right. Never. So Lloyd Austin is, he's a disgrace. He should be replaced uh, immediately because he's very, very bad at what he does. Well, Matt Gates took him to task. There's a couple of verbal beatdowns that happened today. Matt Gates did one. Chip Roy did the other. We're going to play you both. And then we're going to get into the elections from yesterday and what that actually means going into the midterm election. So Representative Matt Gates asked some, some pretty basic questions. Obviously, there's a, a lot longer line of questioning than just this, but I'm going to play you a minute 50 seconds of this because I want you to just get the juicy bit. Basically, what Matt Gates is saying is, hey, you guys are focused on a bunch of crap that doesn't mean anything, and we're starting to fall behind in certain technologies, and that needs to stop. And Lloyd Austin didn't really have a legitimate answer for him. So this is the battle between Representative Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, and the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Hypersonics. We failed to deter Russia. Last year, China so what do you, what do you, what do you mean we're behind in hypersonics? How, how do you... Okay, how do you, who do you, who's ahead in hypersonics? How, how do you... How do you, how do you how do you make that assessment? I don't know. I make that assessment one? because is China is yielding hypersonic weapon systems and we are still developing them. We got time to embrace critical race theory at West Point, to embrace socialism at the National Defense University, to do mandatory pronoun training. Do you it's, assess? You know, it's, it's, again, this is the most capable, the most combat credible force in the world. Okay, now I'm going to stop right there because Secretary Austin's not wrong. But that's not what Matt Gates was saying. 
When he says the American military is still the most capable force in the world, he's 100% telling the truth. It absolutely is. And you'll hear Matt Gates kind of go into this in the next little step here. He goes, if we keep on this path, we won't be. And he's right. This has been something that has been frustrating to veterans for years. For years. This has been something that's frustrating. We are putting money and resources and effort into crap that doesn't need to be invested in. The military is about winning wars. The military is about killing people and destroying things. It's about taking land and holding that land from the enemy. That's what it's about. In the midst of all of that, providing humanitarian aid to those who are victims of the people that we are fighting. That's what the military is about. And we are focused on all of this other stuff. Uh, Look, I, I get... Everything that's happening in in Ukraine has kind of exposed the Russian military for a lot of you. But there's no denying the Russian military recruitment ads are a heck of a lot more effective than ours are. And we played you the side-by-sides of all of that. Why is it that we have our enemies out there, or at least our geopolitical rivals, if not our enemies, why are they recruiting people who want to, to be able to hit the field, kill the enemy, break things, and win wars, and we're sitting here running recruitment ads with people talking about how their life was a little difficult because they had two moms or two dads. That's stupid. That's dumb. The military can be an accommodating place for alternative lifestyles and not run recruitment efforts based on that. That's the issue. You need door kickers in the military. You need pipe hitters in the military. That's what you need. You need people who selflessly will go out there and put themselves in danger for the greater good and wipe the earth clean of bad guys. You don't need somebody who will respect somebody's pronouns. You need people who are going to get the job done. And while you're not investing in certain technologies because you think you have a leap a leap ahead of everybody and you can kind of relax and chill out, somebody's going to come up on the, on the back end and kind of lap you. It's the tortoise and the hare. Everybody knows the tortoise and the hare, right? I don't need to explain the tortoise and the hare to anybody, do I, Josh? I think everybody's got that. Josh says everybody's got that. You can't sprint ahead, take a break, and then hope that people don't catch up with you. They will, especially when they keep stealing your technology and the Chinese keep stealing our technology. So they're able to make these vast leaps forward that they would not be able to do on their own because they are stealing it from us. The Russians are stealing it, too. Eventually, they're going to catch up. And while overall they may not be as capable as we are, they may never be as capable as we are. All they have to do is develop the right technology and leapfrog us in that technology. And I'm sorry, but hypersonic missiles are one of those technologies you cannot afford to fall behind in. And that's the case that Matt Gates is making. Hold on a second. We're still testing. You realize we just found out that we tested a hypersonic missile like a month ago. We just found we just found out last last week that we tested one like last month. When they started shooting hypersonic missiles, everybody did one of these went, uh-oh. Everybody did it. And everybody knows it because we reported on it. The entire Western media reported on it, said, holy smokes, we got caught sleeping here. That can't happen. There's a reason, okay? Libertarians and liberals don't understand this concept. 
you have to invest this money. You have to invest in this technology because you don't want the enemy to be competitive. You want to completely dominate every single sphere that you are participating in in a conflict, period. So you want to be generations ahead of them. And that takes money and that takes effort and that takes resources. And it's not cheap. But the other, the other possibility is, hey, you just you run a military that's uh, equivalent to the enemy, and then uh, you know you just you just bang it out on equal terms. That's not a strategy. That is a terrible idea. You realize the Russians have lost more people in this in what month and a half, two months of this conflict than we lost in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Did you know that, Josh? Do you want to be in that position, or do you want to be in a position where, hey, war is ugly and war is awful, but, you know, it's not like the old days where we lose 100,000 people. We're losing 3,000 people now. I'd much rather be in the latter. I want to get that number lower. It'll never be zero. But wouldn't it be, close if we can, wouldn't it be great if we can get close? That's all, that's all Matt Gates is saying. Secretary Austin's right. We're still the most capable military ever. And we still are in the world. However, you can't sleep on that. It has been, and it will be so uh, going forward. Not if and we this continue down this path. To do that. Not if we embrace socialism. The, the fact that you're embarrassed by your by your country. By oh no, no, no! I'm embarrassed by I'm, your leadership. I'm sorry for I am that. not embarrassed for my country. I wish it's we were not losing saying. to China. It's I what wish you're we saying. Were, you know what? The that's you know that is so. That is so disgraceful that you would sit here and conflate your failures with the failures of the uniformed service members. You guys said that that Russia would overrun Ukraine in 36 days. You said that the Taliban would be kept at bay for months. You totally blew those calls. And maybe we would be better at them if the National Defense University actually worked a little more on strategy and a little less on wokeism. Has it occurred to you that Russia has not overrun Ukraine because of what we've done? And our allies have done. But that was baked into your flawed assessment. That was baked into your flawed assessment. And so I saw that the Obama administration tried to destroy our military by starving it of resources. And it seems the Biden administration is trying to destroy our military by force feeding it wokeism. I yield back. Yeah. And while Austin is sitting there, what, you think the Ukrainians aren't fighting off the Russians because of our technology? Yeah, but that's not new technology. That's old technology. You know how long we've had the javelin? The end laws that the British have been giving them are newer. Now, it's still capable. But this is the idea. And people on the live stream are pointing out Austin's own people are saying we're behind. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for for years now. There are some technologies that the Chinese are developing at a much faster rate than we are. Those are the technologies. The China knows they can't compete with us man to man, tank to tank. They know that. So they have to develop the technologies that could give them a tactical advantage. Hypersonic missiles are one of those technologies. 5G is one of those technologies. We've been talking about this on this show for years. They have to find a, a, some kind of a window of opportunity, a backdoor, if you will, to be able to compete on the battlefield with us. So they can't do it broad-based across their entire force. So they're finding certain little things that they can do that will give them a tactical advantage. Cybersecurity is one of them that Russia and China are working on. Cuba and Iran along with them. You remember all of our ships that had navigational issues in the South China Sea several years ago? They were all hacked. They were all hacked. It wasn't, 
a software glitch or a navigational error or something like that. They were all hacked. And we got caught sleeping on that. Matt Gates is 100% right. 100% right. So we're going to talk about Chip Roy next. Chip Roy took Nadler to school on the border. This has been a, it's been a bombastic day. Uh, to say the least, uh, on, in the, on Capitol Hill, because uh, Republicans have started to say, "All right, enough's enough. We're we're gonna we're gonna call you out." And it has been very interesting to watch some of these displays over the past couple of days in Washington D.C. We'll talk about Chip Roy versus Nadler coming up. News Talk ninety five three, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, you can watch the live stream, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. All right. Representative Chip Roy, he's from Texas. He decided to specifically address Jerry Nadler. And he took him to the woodshed. More of this needs to happen. We need lots of this. Look. The southern border, I've told you many, 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 many times. The southern border and people who support an open border, they support sex trafficking. They support rape. They support molestation. And they support indentured servitude. They, in, they support drugs streaming across the southern border and killing your children and your families. The Democrats just blocked a fentanyl bill the other day that would have would have made it illegal for fentanyl trafficking to come into the United States. The Democrats stripped it out, didn't want it in there. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? People who support open borders support indentured servitude and all sorts of human rights abuses. That's what they support. They'll pretend it's compassionate. There's no compassion involved. None. And Chip Roy is a little sick and tired of seeing Jerry Nadler and other left-wing politicians just kind of snark at the people of Texas, the people of Arizona, the people of New Mexico, as they're talking about their families and their properties and their cities and communities being decimated by drug cartels and MS-13 gangs and all sorts of other human filth that comes across the southern border. He's a little sick and tired of it. And this is what he did today to Jerry Nadler. Cue my audio, please. And so, oh, we've got this big fear coming in April, but oh, that's, no, we don't want to have Title 42. And my colleague from Texas mocked the focus by some of my colleagues on the need to have Title 42, as if it's not causing rampant flow across our border, little girls put in stash houses, getting raped, cartels making $100 million. And then the chairman scoffs. The chairman scoffs when I say little girl getting raped in a stash house. Has the chairman been to the border of Texas? Has the chairman been in the last year to the border of Texas and met with border patrol agents, gone down and talked to the people that are sitting there looking at what's actually happening in stash houses? Would the gentleman yield? 
I'll yield briefly. Yes. And what did you find? No stash houses? The chairman scoffed. Is the chairman saying there are no stash houses, no little girls getting raped in Texas? The gentleman will yield. I will. I am not saying there are no stash houses. I'm not saying little girls not being raped in Texas and in every other state in the union for that matter. Well, then reclaiming my time, when the chairman scoffs, when we talk about the, the damage being done to this country, with cartels having complete operational control of our border, charging three to $5,000 a day to come across the border, and little girls getting put into the sex trafficking trade, I think that tells us a lot about where the priorities are of this committee. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle scoffing at Texans having to take the brunt of this. Ranchers losing their longtime family-held ranches. Fences getting cut, livestock getting out, people getting abused. And my other side of the aisle just doesn't give a whit about it as evidenced by the scoff of the Judiciary Committee chairman. Good it's for absolutely mind-boggling. This is what the American people are absolutely sick and tired of. Good for him. Good for him. Because it's the truth. They think it's humorous when people in Texas or Arizona or New Mexico or even up in Nevada or anywhere else are complaining about this. They think it's humorous. The reality is, is that there are hundreds of thousands of victims of this that go through that southern border and go into those communities. And the crime that follows them is not a joke. Americans die all the time. A hell of a lot more Americans die because of illegal immigrants than firearms. We've been over the data before, yet they want to ban guns. They don't want to ban this. They're cutting, they're cutting, well, Biden already cut all funding for the wall. Some of the states have started to rebuild the wall on their own using their own state funds. They, they cut all the funding for the wall. What did they do? They sent it to Ukraine to protect Ukraine's border. They cut more funding from ICE and the Border Patrol. And now what are they doing? They're panicking and asking for volunteers. They're asking for companies to have volunteers to help process illegal immigrants coming into the country. I guess you shouldn't have cut the funding then. But they did. And we've talked about this for years and years and years. This is a major issue where I'm from. And I know it's less of an issue up here, but it still has a human cost. And they do not care. So ultimately, what does this lead to? Well, this leads to the elections of Tuesday. All right, let's take a look at the elections from yesterday, shall we? Republicans collectively lead 64-36 with 74% of the vote in. There are four GOP candidates, two Dems, the runoff. Uh, let's see, heavily Republican favored in the runoff, which might uh, give a slight bump to the Republicans. This is a monster result for Republicans. What I was hoping to see in a Latino state. That is Douglas Lukasik. This is California and some of the special elections in California. And Hispanics are showing up for Republicans. California 22 is a plurality Hispanic district that only went to Nunez by five points in 2018 and eight points in 2020. The last jungle primary that was held March of 2020 saw the GOP collect only 56% of the vote. On Tuesday evening, Republicans took to take around 64% of the vote with the Republican to Democrat spread reaching 18 points in a district 
that is always hotly contested. Then we get to talk about Kenosha. You know, Kenosha, Wisconsin. What happened in Kenosha? That's right. A bunch of riots, massive public alleged homicide case, which is actually a self-defense case with Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's talk about that coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, MNC News Time, 331. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations. Find them online at impressjewelers.com. I feel like I need to say this. Yeah, I feel like I need to say this out. My, both of my girls are screamers. Okay, they they embrace the the female culture of screaming. Um, they scream about everything when they're just asking you a simple, polite little question. It must be screamed at you. That's just how it is. Okay, so when they play, they scream, and when you're outside up the block, <laughs> you can hear my kids. Screaming bloody murder like they're being stabbed to death in the house. They're not. Uh, the neighbors now know. When we first moved in the neighborhood, it was like, okay, everything's fine. They're just playing. I promise it's all good. So, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have good windows, man. I'm telling you. It'll ruin your day. <clears throat> all right. Um, let's talk about the elections here. So California, 22nd district, okay? This was Devin Nunes' district. This is always a hotly contested district, Okay. Republicans usually only win that district by like five points. If they, if well, they usually win it, but it's like by five points. Do you realize that they they won that thing by eighteen points? That shouldn't happen in California, but it did. Shouldn't happen with Hispanic voters in a Hispanic district in a liberal state, but it did. Samantha Kirkman has become the first ever Republican Kenosha County executive. Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's where all the riots were. She's the first ever Republican. The first one. Do you think maybe the riots had something to do with that? Do you think maybe falsely accusing Kyle Rittenhouse of triple homicide when he was being attacked during the riots, do you think maybe, maybe it had something to do with swinging the vote the other way? In Wisconsin. Conservative candidates have won all three city of Waukesha, Wisconsin school board seats. They knocked off two liberal incumbents. All three races in Waukesha. All three. Conservatives have won in the two contested Elmbrook school board races. You're going into other elections now. What else do we have here? Uh, let's see, Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Three conservative moms on a mission have swept the three school board seats, ousting two liberal incumbents. These are all different races, folks. Anti-critical race theory moms, Heather Eslick and Jennifer Foley, have won election to the school board in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Georgia State House, they had a jungle primary over there. The Georgia State House, District 45. Mitchell K., Republican, won 41.66% of the vote over James McCormick, the Democrat, with 40.47. Democrats got, what's the, uh, what's the, the word that uh, Jake Tapper uses? Shellacked. Democrats got shellacked yesterday all across the country. 
Red State writes, that result actually had some Dems celebrating, but that's a complete misread. This was another jungle primary, which means that while Mitchell K only got 41.6% as a Republican, two other Republicans totaled up 18.5% of the vote. In 2020, the GOP took 55% of the vote, so the margin increased substantially. Wow. In a state as close as Georgia, even a one-two point overall move back towards Republicans could be the difference in winning or losing the state. So while Democrats are out there going, oh, the Republican only got 41.6% of the vote. Yeah, but the other Republican candidates split the remainder, which means Republicans actually increased their percentage of votes over what they traditionally get in that district. Red State writes, in the end, these, were, these are all small data points, but they track exactly what we've seen over the last year in various other elections, including the general elections that took place last November in states like Virginia. There is no evidence that Democrats are making up ground. Rather, Republicans seem well-positioned to not only take back the House of Representatives, but also make big gains at the state level, too. And in the end, in those state-level power structures that often deliver the most results. Remember, your state elections are more important than your federal ones. Then you've got other good news that I didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday. I did post on social media when it was announced that Representative Fred Upton is retiring. Thank God. Thank God. You think a Democrat's going to win his district? Fred Upton kept getting reelected, not because he was a moderate, but because he was the incumbent Republican, and at least he was better than any Democrat. That's the only reason he got elected. So we'll see what happens in Fred Upton's district, but he's finally leaving. You realize he is the fourth House Republican who voted to impeach Trump that is now gone? Good. Nobody wants him around. People have been begging him to leave. People who voted for him have been begging for him to leave for years because they want to vote for somebody better. You just got to give them the opportunity. So Fred Upton is gone. Good. Good riddance. Thank you for your service. You did some good things. You did some bad things. But ultimately, you were unreliable. Now, hopefully, a reliable person can get in there. Somebody will actually stand up for the values of the people in their district, unlike Fred Upton, who typically did not. Joe Biden, um, he lied about being an 18-wheel semi-truck driver again. Why? I, I don't know why I said all of that. I should have just said truck driver. I mean, I think most of you get what that is, right? <laughs> I don't know why I said all that. This, was it, was it two weeks ago, Josh? Do you remember two weeks ago he lied about uh, another job that he had? It was the professor thing. It was more than two weeks ago. Yeah, it, the, him lying about being a professor at, at Penn University. He was never a professor. He's never been a professor. He keeps telling people that he misses teaching when he was a professor. He's never been one. Ever. It's never happened. He's shown up in a class. Okay? Even the university is like, he's never actually taught a class. He's been a guest. He's made a guest appearance in some of these classes. So have I. Am I allowed to now say that I have been a professor at... Let's see, what, St. Mary's, uh, Notre Dame, IU, what other schools have I, UNLV, <laughs> I've been a prof- Nevada State College, have I been a professor in any, no. So he's out there once again, once again claiming that he was a truck driver. We'll play you the hysterical soundbite 
And also tell you the other funny thing that happened with him yesterday, coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. On Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the host. If you are watching there, and a lot of you are today, thank you for that. Appreciate it. The word of the day in the comment section is BT Media. B as in Bravo, T Media. BT Media. That is the word of the day in the comment section, not in the live chat section, in the comment section. See if we can get on that homepage because we have more people watching us right now than two of the shows that are being featured on Rumble's homepage right now. So I would like to get on the homepage. Anyway. All right. (sighs) Joe Biden. Cue my audio, please. Here's Joe Biden pretending he was a truck driver again. Hey, I'm just going to let you know, okay, the word that Joe Biden says is suckers. Josh, Josh, it's okay. I've listened to it many times. Joe Biden, the former vice president, says suckers. All right, here it is. Workforce is getting older. Not that I am, but they are. I used to drive a truck. It's a long story. Anyway, it's getting hard. And I thought I was going to get to drive one of these suckers today. Okay. He's never driven a truck. (laughs) He has never, ever driven a truck. And the thing is, he keeps repeating these lies that have been debunked for years. He is a pathological liar. I don't know how else to say it. This was debunked a long time ago. He started telling stories about the time he met his first uh, female truck driver and Big Mama was her name because that's what Hollywood says every female truck driver's name is. (laughs) He's never done it. So here's the story on all of this. Uh, He did not used to drive a truck, okay? The extent of his experience. You realize this is a lie he's been saying since before I was born. Before I was born, he's been saying this lie. One time in night. What? <laughs> Did you just pick up on that? Josh started laughing. This is true, though. He's been telling this lie, and it has been debunked repeatedly since 1973. Think about that. One night, one night in 1973, Joe Biden rode in a truck. He didn't drive the thing. He rode in one. His trucking experience is less than that of many children. The Courier Post had the article. (laughs) The senator rode in a truck and returned to Washington, D.C. by plane yesterday afternoon. Oh, my word. He rode in a truck for one night in 1973. And since then, he's been running around pretending that he's a truck driver. This, 
I always have to remind, here's the thing. Joe Biden is such a pathological liar. Like his entire career has almost been deep. The only reason that he is still in office is because Delaware is crazy. That's the only thing that I can tell you. This guy has lied. He's been caught lying. Let me put it that way. He's been caught lying more than any other politician, I think, in American history. And he still has a job. Somehow, some way, the dude still has a job. And again, it's every his how many times did he run for president? Like three times been derailed because he was caught lying about something. He lied about where he finished in, in his class. He lied about being top of the class. He wasn't. He was near the bottom of the class. He's he's uh plagiarized a bunch of stuff, which is lying. He's 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 done so many things with this guy's just been caught red-handed lying. He's a pathological liar. And every time he says one of these lies. Every time, you know, just his his acolytes just go out there and like, yeah, you know, it's cool, whatever. That's just Joe. <sighs> Donald Trump uses the wrong version of your in a tweet. <laughs> it's the most egregious offense in the history of offenses. But that's what we're dealing with, with your modern society and your tribalism and everything else. But he's never been a truck driver. He rode in a truck for one night. Flew back to Washington, D.C. the next day, 1973, and that's it. So in his mind, that means he used to be a truck driver. He visited a classroom on the campus of a university once, and in his mind, that means he was a professor. I I mean, I would say that you voted for this, but you didn't. <laughs> Let's be honest. We know what happened. Uh, you didn't vote for this, so I, I don't really know what to say, but the powers that be that are controlling him. Did you see what happened? So I, got, eh, I got a minute. You see what happened when uh, Obama came to visit the White House yesterday <clears throat> to celebrate the anniversary of Obamacare, which has been one of the biggest boondoggles and disasters in this country's uh, legislative history. So when when he got there, everybody flooded Obama and nobody was standing around and talking to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden actually looked around and went, where did everybody go? Nobody wanted to talk to him. Everybody wanted to talk to Obama. Obama's still the rock star. Obama's still the one that everybody thinks is running the show. Nobody's interested in Joe Biden. Nobody. And a little bit later today, I'm going to tell you how Joe Biden has officially been named as a potential criminal in a U.S. court of law. We'll talk about that later today. They're going to do that at 5 o'clock, I think. Yeah, 5 o'clock would be a good time to do that. Nice prime hours where the liberals are getting in their car before they've been able to change the channel. <laughs> Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. Welcome back to the show. Casey Hendrickson here, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, you can go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, watch the live stream. A lot of you hanging out with us. Do appreciate that. Word of the day is BT Media. If you don't know what that is, it's because you're not a member of my Discord server. Major, major announcement for my Discord peeps. They are beta testing some, I think, some pretty cool new stuff that is coming for all of you in the near future. We were mentioning um, how members of Congress were owning people uh, today. And I, I have to give a shout out to Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I know that uh, people even on the right are really split about how they feel about her. But Marjorie Taylor Greene 
She said what I said, and she's right. Lawmakers supporting Biden's Supreme Court pick are pro-pedophile. Boom. Period. End of story. Uh, Every time I post the quotes of Judge Jackson on some of these cases, I get people mortified by what they have heard. They don't know this because they don't talk about this anywhere else in the the traditional corporate media, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is 100% correct. Anybody looking at you, Mitt Romney, sorry, you got booted judged, guys. Sorry, I'm just dealing with this throat thing, and it's kind of messing me up. You got Mitt Romney. You got Murkowski. uh, You got the other crazy Republican lady, uh, Collins. I don't know how else to say it. Every Democrat who's voting for this woman, pro-pedophile. Don't know how else to say it, man. It, it, it's look, it, you can't you can't throw that you can't throw that away. You can't go, no, no, it's just one small part of everything. No, you're pro-pedophile. You're pro-pedophile. She apologized to a kid she gave three months in jail for. She apologized for having to give him three months. He was supposed to get years. She gave him three months. And she said, I'm sorry that I have to give you three months. My hands are tied. I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. Over 600 images of young children uploaded videos to YouTube of kids as as young as 11 getting raped by grown men. She apologized to him. Said that's not an egregious or heinous act of, of pedophilia or child pornography. I don't think you're a pedophile. How many pedophiles you know got 600 images of young kids floating around? Anyone? That's right. Nobody. I don't think he's going to reoffend, in spite of the prosecutors going, we think he's going to reoffend. This is kind of bad. I don't think he's going to reoffend. And he did. And instead of going, wow, was I wrong about you? I'm going to drop the hammer on you now. She gave him six months in a transition house. That's it. Not prison. Six months in a like nice little cozy house. Little transition house. That's it. This is not somebody who should ever be on the bench at all, let alone the Supreme Court. And she's going to get there. She is going to get there. That's why when we were talking about this yesterday, the Supreme Court is going to get a little bit more child predator friendly. I really, I don't know what else to say about it. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene is 100% correct. The Washington Post has admitted that I'm right which is rare. The Washington Post almost never admits that I'm right. Uh, But they did. So the Washington Post, I told you um, early on in this conflict that it it sure did look like the the West, the U.S., NATO, that they were desperately going to use Ukraine to bleed Russia dry and that they were going to sacrifice Ukraine for this global reset stuff and that they weren't actually interested in helping Ukraine or anything like that. I told you, this whole war could have been prevented. The whole war could have been prevented. We could have prevented it. Ukraine could have prevented it with their actions in Donbass, uh, but they chose not to. You know, it, it, I, don't, I, don't know what else to, I don't know what else to say about this either, but the Washington Post is finally saying what I've been telling you from the very beginning. In an article about the potential for peace, a peace deal between Ukraine and Russia, Zelensky now says there's no chance. The Washington Post admits that some within NATO want to prolong the war for as long as possible. Hmm. The admission is contained in a piece titled, NATO says Ukraine to decide on peace deal with Russia within limits. 
even a Ukrainian vow not to join NATO, a concession that Zelensky has floated publicly, could be a concern for, to some neighbors. That leads to an awkward reality. For some in NATO, it's better for the Ukrainians to keep fighting and dying than to achieve a peace that comes too early or at too high a cost to Kiev and the rest of Europe. There is an unfortunate dilemma. The problem is that if it ends now, there is a kind of time for Russia to regroup and it will restart under this or another pretext. Right. Look, so long as there is a, a dispute in Donbass, there is going to be the potential for war between these two. And if you're just tuning in, you don't know anything about this conflict. This war started because, and I'm not saying that Russia didn't take advantage of it, and I'm not saying that Russia didn't didn't uh, inflate the allegations against Ukraine here to start this war because they saw an opportunity. I'm not saying that. I think Russia did all of those things. But this war is about the Donbass region and the fact that two cities in the Donbass region declared their independence in 2014 because they didn't like the new government after the revolution of 2014. And Ukraine said, you're not going to declare your independence and started shelling and killing all of the people there. That's a reality. Nobody wants to accept it in the West. Everybody wants to pretend that Russia is 100% bad here and that Ukraine was minding their own business. This war is about the Donbass region. The NATO stuff is all secondary. That's an additional claim that Russia added on to it. This is purely about the pro-Russian people in Donbass not wanting to be a part of Ukraine and wanting to be a part of Russia. The people in Donbass voted. They voted to secede. Ukraine says it was an illegal vote and they didn't recognize it and they started fighting. Both sides have committed war crimes for eight years and it got to the point where they finally declared officially their independence. Russia recognized their independence, moved their troops in to protect them. Uh, Russia says the Ukraine was going to launch an offensive, and that's why the special operation started. Okay, This entire conflict is about Donbass wanting to secede from Ukraine, and Ukraine saying no. That's what the entire conflict is about. Everything else is a secondary little issue with Russia and Ukraine and all of that stuff. At the end of the day, this is purely about that. And Ukraine is not letting Donbass go. And for the Russians... That's a non-starter. For the Ukrainians, letting Donbass have their independence is a non-starter. So the conflict goes on. And NATO's really worried that we're going to get to a position where Ukraine says, all right, Donbass doesn't want to be a part of our country. We'll let them go. They can be a part of Russia or independent or whatever. We don't care. But that's not happening. And NATO's really concerned that that could happen if things progress. NATO wants the war to continue for various reasons. And obviously, the damage that is being done to Russia and its military infrastructure has been great. Uh, that is a huge advantage to the West in geopolitical power. No doubt about that. And, you know, I, I, again, I think I was the only person in the media telling you, yeah, Ukraine's army is not a pushover. you got to pay attention to this. They don't have the air, but we'll see what, what effect they can use with surface-to-air missiles and stuff like that. I, I tried telling you that when the war started. Everybody else is like, oh, this thing will be over in a week. I don't know how many people have most. Well, let's be honest. We're watching most people, in, including the pundits and the so-called experts on this. They don't know anything about Ukraine. They don't know anything about Russia. They don't know anything about Donbass. They don't know anything about any of it. 
And from the general perspective that you get when you watch people comment online is that anything that happens there that might be bad, even if the Ukrainians did it, were the Russians' fault because the Russians invaded. But why did the Russians invade? And it's not because Putin wants to rebuild the USSR. He invaded because of Donbass. That's what happened. Nobody wants to admit it. Nobody wants to acknowledge that reality. Nobody wants to acknowledge the horrific actions of both sides over the past eight years. Zelensky was, you know, a guy that campaigned on fixing all of that. He didn't. And because he was trying to be, I think, probably too nice, Vladimir Putin smelled weakness. He saw weakness in the U.S. administration, and Vladimir Putin saw his opportunity. And he went. And the again, the stated goals from the very beginning of this thing were to secure Donbass and to demilitarize Ukraine so Ukraine could not invade Donbass. That was the stated primary goals. Those have been achieved. The secondary goal is where Russia really screwed up. Let's just change the regime in Kiev, and we don't have to worry about it. We could bring Ukraine back into the Russo family, and Ukraine doesn't want to be a part of Russia. They're not interested in it. And I don't know if it's just that, you know, Putin thinks that because people on the East tend to be pro-Russian, that everybody in Ukraine is pro-Russian and and that the history of the two countries would somehow unite them on this. Ukrainians are not interested in being Russians. There's a lot of bad blood there. There's a lot of ugly, negative history there. And Russia is responsible for all of that. Even though Ukraine is the ancestral birth of the Russian Empire. The Rus were based in Kiev. So this is, um, this is a very complicated conflict. And now you're getting some in the West to start acknowledging, all right, it looks like they might actually want this thing to keep going. Of course they do. Heck yeah. Are you kidding? Uh, the Western power brokers and the people who have been using Ukraine to launder money and stuff like that, now Ukraine is beholden to them. Then you've got uh, the systematic dismantling of Russia's military might at the hands of the Ukrainians, which they've, they're doing a very good job of doing, by the way. Um, very compelling video of this uh, Ukrainian tank and infantry taking on a whole column of, of Russians um, over the, uh, over the uh, past week. Very, very interesting video. And, and like I said, you know, you, this is the first time that pe- people have been able to see a conflict like this with two modern armies. You know, it ha- doesn't happen a lot, uh, but it is happening now. And there just isn't a lot of motivation in the West right now for this conflict to end. Because the rich people will still have food. The rich people can afford to pay their bills. The rich people don't have to worry about gas. The rich people don't have to worry about the energy costs. And so they'll just continue to ruin your lives and your economy for the sake of keeping this conflict going. It's the truth. It is the political class using the Ukrainians, using the Russians, using all of you as pawns in their big giant game. And it's all designed to benefit the the Great Reset. Every single speck of it. Every single spectrum. Why do you think that they laugh at you and tell you, well, if you don't like paying $4 for gas, just buy an electric vehicle. Cool. Who's got 55 grand laying around? Not a lot of people do. Some of you do, and that's great. That's wonderful. If that's what you want to do, buy, by all means, please buy an electric car. My family can't afford an electric car. Josh's family can't afford an electric car. Most of you listening to this show right now can't afford an electric car. For those of you who can't, that's wonderful. But most people can't. If I had 55 grand to drop on a vehicle, it would be a brand new pickup truck. 
it wouldn't be an electric car because it's more conducive to my lifestyle. But I can't. Just like most of you can't. And that's how out of touch they are. So for them, it's not a big deal that they're ruining the economy with sanctions and everything else that are continuing to ruin the global economy and will continue to ruin the global economy in the foreseeable future. It doesn't matter to them because the political class, they're okay financially. Remember, when the Russian people were starving and struggling to get food in Russia, always remember the upper echelon leadership in the Communist Party there. They always had their first pick of the freshest produce and the freshest food available. Everything else would get filtered down into the grocery stores. That's how it worked over there. That's how it'll work in the future here, too. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. We kind of joked about this a couple of weeks ago. And it was, a, I think it was an article in the Washington Post or something like that, where they were really upset that they and others are being called groomers. Well, here's the thing. Stop grooming kids and you won't be called groomers. What did we, so we had Clifton French on yesterday, right? I didn't hear anything, Josh. We had Clifton French on yesterday. You remember what he was talking to us about? You have an, an adult gay porn star who is invited by teachers to come speak to kids as young as six. Why? Why? Teachers who teach kids and have a secret OnlyFans so they have supplemental income are fired routinely from their jobs because parents find out that they have an OnlyFans. Even though the kids in the class have no idea it's happening. But because the parents find out about it, that teacher's got to be fired. And that teacher kept it separate. So why is it that a gay adult film star can be brought in to talk to kids? Happened in Goshen. Allegedly uh, spoke to, he's, he's claiming, the individual is claiming that they've spoken to other kids too. And that they're in the classroom teaching, or at least at one point in time was. And here's the thing. If it's secret, okay, maybe. But this is not a secret. This is this is his business. This is his job. He's popular on TikTok. He, he's blurring those lines and everything. You got all those kids following and you're, you're just funneling them into your adult content? That's grooming. That's what that is. And if you don't want to be called a groomer, don't groom. It really is that simple. All of these teachers who are quitting their jobs because they can't talk about their sex lives to their kindergartners, good. For those of you who are good teachers who don't want to be stuck in the environment here in in Indiana or Michigan, guess what? I hear there's some vacancies that are available in Florida now. Go get a job there. There's a good chance you might get one. I hate to lose you here, but if if you're going to normalize this type of behavior with young children, you're going to be called a groomer. Because you're grooming. Marjorie Taylor Greene, when she says, if you support Judge Jackson to the Supreme Court, you're pro-pedophilia. Guess what? You are. Why? Because she is. Casey, there's no evidence she's pro-pedophilia. Okay, she's a pedophile sympathizer then. You want to split hairs? She doesn't put pedophiles behind bars, and she doesn't think that they are an imminent threat to the people around them. 
That is her entire legal history. Every case on the bench has been that, repeated over and over and over again. I've given you the quotes with her specifically saying this stuff. Could you imagine sitting there with somebody who had over 600 violations of young children and uploaded children to YouTube who are being raped? They're as young as 11 years old. Could you imagine you or anybody in your circle of friends or influence looking at that person and going, this really isn't that bad, and I'm very sorry that I have to do this to you, but my hands are tied. I don't want to give you any jail time, but I'm, I'm required to give you jail time, so here's three months. Could you imagine remaining friends with that person? How many of you would continue to maintain a friendship and let your kids play at a house with somebody who treated pedophiles that way? Anyone? If I were to walk around this building right now and ask any of my coworkers, hey, um, if somebody was a judge and they wouldn't put pedophiles behind bars, would you let your kids go play at their house? I don't think anybody's going to say yes. I think everybody understands the red flags there, right? There are people who are not pedophiles themselves who think pedophiles are not that big of a deal and it's an easily treatable psychological condition. There are those people, and they have been advancing in the left wing of this country for many, many, many years. And unfortunately, I think that they become mainstream. So you can write all the articles you want about how it's wrong to be called a groomer and everything else. Stop grooming then. Stop. There's a reason you got your butts kicked in every school board election yesterday that was held. Every single one. The pro-CRT, the pro-child pedophilia stuff, they all got thrown out. Every single one of them who was up for re-election got tossed yesterday. Every single one. There's a reason that that happened. And it is not because everybody's nuts except for left-wing people. No. Everybody understands what is and is not appropriate to tell to a small child. And when you cross that line, guess what? People's ears perk up and they get a little irritated. Get very protective. Then you get mama bears running for office. And when mama bears run for office, I got news for you. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. Especially if you're a pro-pedophile, pasty white guy. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 4.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Yeah, that, um, that didn't tickle. <clears throat> Did not tickle. Did not tickle at all. I have this this article here from Axios. Now, Axios is one of these conundrums of news media. Axios is very left-wing. However, Axios will actually report on tech issues pretty balanced. And then they throw their opinion in kind of like the end. But they've got this article from Sarah Fisher and Scott Rosenberg. Uh, it says, America's internet is splitting along party lines. Yeah, I... It is. I'll get into that here in a second. So anyway, new investments flooding partisan media platforms are starting to restructure America's internet business around the nation's deepening political divide. Why it matters? Well, for years, internet theorists have warned of the splinternet, a breakup of the global internet into regions governed by different rules and laws, like China. Something like that is now starting to happen within the U.S., splitting the online world into red and blue sectors. Okay, but why is it splitting into red and blue sectors? 
Why? Because the blue side wanted it to be split into red and blue sectors because the blue side doesn't want the red sectors to be able to say anything. And the red sectors are not going to be quiet. So they have to come up with their own way of producing content or being able to voice their opinion. So they had to. By the the very nature of necessity, they had to make their own platforms. For those of you on my Discord server today, you were just opened up to the beta of my new social network that I just built. So people who are on my Discord server have seen a new website. They're experimenting and playing around with the new social media network that I have built for my audience. And that's because we're at a point now where you have to have that stuff. We didn't want to. We wanted to stay on Twitter. We wanted to stay on YouTube. We wanted to stay on Facebook. You didn't allow us. That was the that was the whole point. You realize Facebook, hold on a second. Yesterday, was it yesterday that I said that YouTube takes down every single solitary thing that has Donald Trump on it? YouTube has removed a Trump RNC podcast for misinformation. So once again, Trump gave an RNC podcast. He gave an interview. Uh, and as a result of him being on it, it was taken down. Every single thing that has Trump in it now is taken down from YouTube. Every single thing. So you have to have a rumble. You have to. And just in case Rumble gets weird because they're publicly traded, even though they haven't done any of this, you've got to have Odyssey as a backup. You have to. There's no other options. Or BitChute or what, whatever your preference is. I, I think Audi, Audi, uh, Odyssey is better than BitChute, but that's just my opinion. So <laughs> this, you know, yeah, it's happening. The split is happening, but it is happening because liberals were unwilling to share the space because they don't want conservatives to be able to give their opinion. Period. That's the whole reason this exists. The Daily Wire, a conservative digital media company, is planning to invest a minimum of $100 million over the next three years in kids' entertainment as a direct response to Disney's opposition to Florida's recently passed Don't Say Gay Bill. No, that's not what it is. It's not a Don't Say Gay Bill. Axios is lying. It's a parental rights bill. Call it by its real name. And then say... Some crazy groomer activists are calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill, even though that's not actually what it does. But see, Axios, again, Axios is left wing. The reason, the reason Daily Wire is doing this isn't because Disney opposes the bill in Florida. The reason the Daily Wire is doing this is because Disney has publicly admitted now that they are going to shove the quote, not, well, what is this one, one lady's uh, reference? My not-so-secret gay agenda and queer content down your kids' throats. That's what they said. That's not what Daily Wire made up. That's not what I made up. That we played you the audio clip from the Disney conference call. And they have been doing it routinely. Yesterday, I gave you a story about how every single Hollywood production company now, before they make a show, before they make a cartoon, and before they make a movie, they send the script to these woke analysts who comb over the script and make sure that it's inclusive enough and that it won't break any 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 rules, if you will, of social justice woke culture. That's all they do. So as a result of that, every single thing that you watch has an injection of left-wing ideology in it. There's very few things that you can find that don't have it. You know, there's a couple of shows that we watch as a family. Very few. 
And we love the show Resident Alien. I don't know if you've ever seen Resident Alien. Well, the show that we watched last night of Resident Alien was all about the wage gap and all about how the patriarchy oppresses women and everything. That's what the whole show is about. The entire show is about how hard it is to be a woman and how easy it is to be a man. The entire thing. And it's, it's nauseating. Everything that you watch has to have an agenda. Everything's got to be pushed. There's always a climate angle on anything. I told you yesterday about the season two of Picard. Don't even bother watching it. If you're a Star Trek fan, I'm telling you, you're going to be disappointed. It is a crap script, and all it is, it is basically they're doing the same old thing. We have to go back in time and prevent something from happening so it doesn't change the future into this dystopian future where you know Trump runs everything. And it, all it is is it's an excuse to come back to current day and talk about how racist the country is, how murderous our police officers are, which is why police ambush killings are way up. If you Here's the thing, Patrick Stewart and all of you other liberal Hollywood elites, if you want to wonder why police officers are getting shot right now in record levels, if you want to know why violence on police officers is up 112% from last year and we're only four months into the year, if you want to know why, it's because you produce crap like that. You portrayed law enforcement as evil in that show. You portrayed the Border Patrol as Gestapo Nazis who violate basic human rights and abuse illegal immigrants. You did that in your show. And you wonder why people shoot at them? So that's why the Daily Wire is doing it. The Daily Wire started making movies where you don't have a left-wing agenda shoved down your throat. Because Hollywood won't make a movie without getting it filtered through the woke screeners. Every single Hollywood studio does this. That's why I gave you the article yesterday. Every single one of them. If you watch a show right now that doesn't even have just a sliver of left-wing propaganda in it, count yourselves lucky. There's a couple that are out there, not many. So that's why the Daily Wire started making movies. These are movies that appeal to everybody. They don't shove a left-wing agenda down your throat. And the Daily Wire looked at this space. Their movies have been successful. And they said, all right, let's, let's make kids content. Nickelodeon and Disney are the de facto kids content creators. And Nickelodeon and Disney have been shoving left-wing agendas down your throat for as long as I've been alive. It's just getting worse now. And parents don't want it. So they have to do it. They did not, Axios, they did not do this in response to Disney's opposition of Florida's law. That's not what happened. But they go on to talk about all of this. Red and Blue America have reacted to the current information environment in radically different ways. Progressives are focused on making sure that the existing media and online platforms crack down on misinformation. No, progressives are focused on making sure that the existing media and online platforms crack down on dissension. You misspelled the word dissension. Conservatives increasingly feel disenfranchised by media from mainstream news outlets to social platforms and have begun to invest in alternatives. Right. Not because they feel disenfranchised. They are. A perfect example. Truth Social has an audience 95% smaller than Twitter's, yet engagement is higher on conservative stories that are, are popular with conservatives on, on Truth Social than they are on Twitter. How is that? How is that? 
There's a real simple answer there. They're not being censored on Truth Social. When I'm being censored on Facebook, you know, I got 11,000 people on Facebook, less engagement than I do on Telegram with 600 and some odd people? Come on. So they go through all of this stuff and they, they kind of talk about it, but, you know, they, they misrepresent what actually caused it and why it's happening. But they acknowledge that it's happening. But the important thing that everybody needs to understand is the only reason this red and blue split with our current Internet is happening is because liberals and leftists refused to share the space with people who have different opinions than them. And as a result, people who can't say anything, especially when they're right, and they are, left-wing is usually wrong, that's why they can't argue. If you want to shut somebody down from arguing, it is because you cannot defeat their point, which usually means you're the liar. And that's the reality. We can't defeat their logic, we can't defeat their facts, we're just going to prevent them from saying it to begin with. And we're going to cast them out from society. Well, when you cast enough people out, they build their own cities. And it'll take some time, but when it gets there, people are going to settle on one or two platforms on the right, and those things are going to surpass the platforms on the left. You wait and see. The moment it can happen. The problem is, is that this creates echo chambers. And echo chambers are bad for everybody. Right now, Twitter and, and Facebook are creating echo chambers of the left. There's been a lot of studies done on this. Twitter is a left-wing echo chamber. It's just liberal after liberal after liberal recycling the same old liberal nonsense. And if they're wrong, they're just regurgitating the same old wrong points over and over and over again. Several studies have been done on this. And there's nobody there with a dissenting opinion to be able to straighten them out or to provide any kind of clarity on something that they're getting wrong because they don't allow it. So if you have an echo chamber on the left, they'll just repeat talking points and tribalist nonsense. And the same thing will happen on the right. And then nobody's actually going to get the, the, the truth because the right is wrong sometimes too. But if you can't communicate with one another, you're never going to get to that point. We got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. So there's a press conference today with the governor of Texas, Mr. Abbott. And uh, he says he's going to start busing migrants who come into Texas to D.C. He's going to drop them off over there. Good. Hope so. This is a true story. I'm about to tell you a very real story. You remember when the Olympics were in, uh, were in Utah? And I know Mitt Romney likes to remind you that he was a part of that. Uh, when the Olympics were in Utah, Utah took all of their homeless people and they bused them to my city of Las Vegas. True story. Okay. Do you know what the mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, did? Josh, any idea what Oscar Goodman did? Former lawyer for the mob. He put him on a bus and he sent them back. <laughs> it was great. And he's like, you're not, he goes, you're not going to send your homeless people here. They're not going to get off of the bus. We're going to send them right back. It's, and that's exactly what he did. And so Greg Abbott going out there and saying, you know what? They're going to come across the southern border into my state. We're just going to put them on buses. We're going to send them to Washington, D.C., and you watch how quick those uppity rich people over there in D.C. suddenly don't want to open their home to illegal immigrants who came across the southern border. I sincerely, people are like, I hope he really does this. Me too. Because I want to watch the, the absolute conniption fit that is going to happen in Washington, D.C. when this goes down.
hey, there's been an audit of the FBI. It's recently uncovered, but it's from 2019. It shows that the domestic spy agency committed hundreds of violations regarding sensitive investigative matters. The FBI auditors surveyed 353 delicate cases which related to politics, media, and religion. They found that agents violated laws and internal policies 747 times in an 18-month period. Wow. That's a lot. That's multiple infractions per case. That translates to about uh, two compliance errors for every sensitive case, according to the Washington Times, which first published the audit. The FBI is the FSB. They're not the FBI. And I know that for some people, that's, well, the FBI used to be really bad. I know, I know, but but they've become the FSB. I, I don't know a better way to term it. I don't know a better way to phrase it. They, they're no longer the revered FBI of old. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Please hit that subscribe button and stick with us on Rumble. we got more coming up on 95.3 MNC. Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right, what do we got here? Oh, this is this is a big deal. This is a big one. And if you've been following the Hunter Biden saga at all for the past several years, you'll know that Hunter Biden engaged in questionable big business practices overseas with questionable individuals. And all of the ties seem to be him leveraging his daddy to get those business deals done. And it appears that at least in some of those instances, he used Air Force Two to travel for those business trips and that he was paid for access to Joe Biden when he was vice president. This is all obviously highly illegal uh, and there's a lot more to the case. But the reason that we bring this up is repeatedly we have heard about the big guy in Hunter Biden's business dealings. Now, the big guy is a bit of a mystery. Nobody really knows who the big guy is. Well, people who are business associates of Hunter Biden have named the big guy as Joe Biden. He's the big guy. He was the vice president at the time. He's honcho. He was a you know senior senator before that. That's who the big guy is, okay? Now, in 2017... Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, incorporated Sinohawk Holdings LLC, which was seeded with $10 million in Chinese money to buy up projects in the U.S. and around the world in global and or domestic infrastructure, energy, financial services, and other strategic sectors. So just so you're aware, the Chinese gave $10 million to Hunter Biden and his business partners start buying up infrastructure energy, financial services, and other strategic sectors in the U.S. Part of the proposal was an equity split named 10% held by H for the big guy. In other words, Hunter Biden would hold 10% of the equity stake for the big guy. This would be illegal if the big guy was Joe Biden. Bob Alinsky would reveal three years later 
there is no question that the big guy is Joe Biden. Okay? Now, the White House, even today, are telling you they have never, Joe Biden has never spoken with his son about any overseas dealings. Bullcrap. That was debunked a long time ago. Everybody knows it's not true. And here's the thing we've got pictures and video of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and his business partners golfing together. Do you think that Joe Biden's going to golf with his kid and his business partner and no business is ever going to come up? What parent doesn't talk with their kid about their business? Right, nobody. Exactly nobody. Unless they're involved in a criminal enterprise. So nobody believes this for a second. Witnesses have said that they absolutely talked about business. There's no way. And no logical person believes that Hunter Biden didn't discuss his overseas business dealings with Joe Biden, especially since Joe Biden is allegedly the big guy who has an equity stake in said businesses. Now, the White House and Joe Biden have previously denied any knowledge of his son's business affairs. Today, the White House said Joe Biden never spoke to him about any of these business affairs. It's not true. But I want to remind you, this is Bob Alinsky. He gave an interview with Tucker Carlson a little while back. This is Bob Alinsky. This is him talking. Cue my audio, please. This is him talking to Tucker Carlson, kind of explaining some of this stuff. Okay, just it's real quick. It's about a minute and a half. Just have a listen. Sort of position behind a column so people couldn't see us to have a discussion about his family and my family and uh, business at a very high level uh, where Jim Biden sat and Hunter Biden participated. In. I'm irrelevant in the story. Um, I, they weren't raising money from me. There was no other reason for me to be in that bar meeting Joe Biden than to discuss what I was doing with his family's name uh, in the Chinese CFC. He's and this is a company with direct connections to the communist government of China. So he, the former vice president has said he had no knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings and was not involved in them at all. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. Obviously, the world's aware that I attended the uh, debate last Thursday. And uh, in that debate, he made a specific statement around questions around this from the president. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I uh, almost stood up and screamed liar and walked out because I was shocked um, that after four days or five days that they prepped for this, that the Biden family is taking that position to the world. Um, and once again, I'm irrelevant in this discussion. I just was brought in to run this company and have uh, been exposed to all of this fact. And I believe the American people should see this fact. I would have much preferred the Biden family go on record and define these facts for the American people and the globe versus me sitting here uh, having a discussion with you on it. So Joe Biden has not denied meeting with you in Los Angeles, correct? Okay. That is Hunter Biden's business partner, well, former business partner now, Bob Alinsky, who says definitively Joe Biden knows all about these business dealings because Joe Biden is involved and has an equity share in these business dealings. Devin Archer and Bob Alinsky have both said that Joe Biden is, quote, the big guy in these references. And they use the code name, the big guy, because you can't say Joe Biden, because then you would have a crime. Now, that was then. This is now. A grand jury witness was asked to identify the infamous big guy mentioned in discussions regarding a Chinese business deal 
involving the president's son, excuse me, former vice president's son, Hunter Biden. The question came up after this person, who was not identified, was shown a piece of evidence before the grand jury located in Wilmington, Delaware. The answer that was given was not reported, though some have claimed the big guy is Joe Biden, raising the prospect that the commander-in-chief could be drawn into a federal criminal investigation. So there's currently a federal investigation into Hunter's business practices that the mainstream media, again, is just not covering. They're finally admitting, though, that there is more to this story than was previously allowed to be explored. And they've actually started dealing with all of this. We're talking about tax evasion, money laundering, foreign lobbying laws, all of which are are on the table now for being a a serious indictment. Now, when you factor in that members of Ukraine's parliament and even their top law enforcement official, their version of the attorney general, have accused the Biden family and Joe Biden directly of stealing upwards of $50 million from the Ukrainian people. And they have been trying to present this case for a number of years now. That is a serious, serious allegation. So when we have a current grand jury indictment where the big guy comes up, it's references Joe Biden, you keep an eye on this for criminal, possible criminal indictments of the people around him. Now, I would like to remind everybody here. Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's other business partner, convicted of fraud, tied to business in Ukraine. Nancy Pelosi's son, his business partner, convicted of fraud with business in Ukraine. Keep this, keep this in mind when you have people go, nobody's doing money laundering in Ukraine. Why is it that so many prominent children of Democrats, why is it that their business partners keep getting convicted of fraud with business dealings in Ukraine if the Ukrainian parliament members are, are not telling the truth? about massive quantities of fraud from political elites in the United States. Why is it that they have bank receipts of money leaving Ukraine and going to law firms that exclusively serve Democrats in Washington, D.C.? Then you start to get a picture of why the political class seems really concerned about what's, with what's happening in Ukraine. It isn't about the innocent people of Ukraine. It's not what it's about. It's about something much bigger than that, at least bigger to them. For us, human life is the biggest thing, but you've got to pay attention to this stuff. People left and right with business dealings associated with top politicians in Ukraine are going down for fraud. And at least two of Hunter Biden's business associates have said the big guy is Joe Biden. And now we've got a grand jury that is hearing this as well. Keep an eye on this. No, I don't expect Joe Biden to go to jail. I don't, I, I don't expect that. But if everybody around him starts getting pulled into this thing, it is going to be almost impossible to protect him because Joe Biden wasn't very bright and didn't cover his tracks very well. That's all there is to it. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, we can just do uh, Laura Smith and John Zimney's segment right now, Josh. Does a tornado siren near your house work? You've never heard it? Oh, okay. I was going to say, maybe this is a problem. Hold on a second. 
every Saturday at noon, every Saturday at noon, like clockwork, that bad boy goes off. And my mom, who just moved here from the desert, she gets spooked every time. (laughs) She's like, is there a tornado? No, no, just a test. (laughs) Everything's good. Every Saturday at noon, that siren goes off. All right, what else do we have here? Um, I'm actually talking with some people uh, quietly on this, and I know that they're they're probably wondering um, where I'm at because I've been a couple of days away from my messages. I'm really behind. Um, The U.S. Army is short on recruits and has reduced their number of soldiers. The United States Army has had to reduce its end strength in order to compensate for a lack of qualified recruits, according to a report. Blaming a tight labor market, the undersecretary of the Army, Gabe Camarillo, even even Josh is laughing at that, told reporters during a March 28th press briefing that the Army was facing some challenging conditions in terms of our ability to recruit and attract talent. What, What might some of those challenges be? Anyone? Anybody? What might some of those challenges be? Camarillo said that the Army was unwilling to adjust to its specific criteria for quality and decided instead to just temporarily reduce end strength as opposed to lowering our standards. But you just lowered your physical fitness standards for the ladies. You, you, ju- you just lowered your PT standards for the ladies. You just did that. That like just happened a couple of weeks ago. So you are lowering your standards. Uh, We proactively made a decision to temporarily reduce end strength from 485,000 soldiers to 473,000 soldiers for fiscal year 2023. And I just, anybody, anybody have any ideas what might be the problem with the United States Army and other branches of service and keeping their force strength up? Anyone? Because they keep throwing people out. And why do they keep throwing people out? Because those people refuse to get a vaccine that doesn't actually work. Not for that age demographic, anyway. So, isn't that interesting? We can't we can't keep people. And it's just, it's a tight labor market. That's the only reason we can't keep anybody here. No, you keep tossing them aside because they won't comply with your stupid little order to get a shot. That's the reality. We are talking about large numbers just in Indiana. We'll have that report coming soon. Which will be an exclusive, by the way. I feel like I have to throw that out there. It's going to be an exclusive report, which breathlessly the local news people are like, what? Because the local news people listen to the show, and then they plan what they're going to do at 6, 630. Yeah, I'm going to have an exclusive report on what the military is doing in Indiana with people who refuse to get the vaccine soon. So they keep tossing people out because they won't get the vaccine, which, of course, doesn't work for their age demographic and their physical fitness level. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for them at all. And because of that, they can't seem to figure out why they can't retain force numbers. Huh, I wonder why. Despite Undersecretary Camarillo's claim that the Army is not lowered its quality standards, the Army has recently unveiled new fitness tests that offers lower fitness standards and offers gender scoring. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, it. some of you are like, well, they offered gendered scoring when I was there, too. Well, remember they did that whole, 
experimental thing, and it turns out that the ladies couldn't do what Hollywood told the ladies they could do, and now they've had to change things around again. So they lowered their fitness standards, which, again, that's why I thought what Camarillo said was so funny. is like, you just lowered your standards. You just did. You're throwing people out because of the vaccine. You're lowering your standards. Um, you know, I, what? Why? why should people, why? This is the other thing. Okay, if you're going to recruit people to do a job as dangerous as being in the military, and it's an extremely dangerous job, even in peacetime, if you're going to recruit people to do that, you have to treat them properly. And they are not. You realize that they're not even acknowledging religious exemptions in any branch right now? They're not even acknowledging that that is a real thing. So if you are a person of faith in the military and you don't want to get vaccinated because of your faith, and everything that goes into that vaccine and the development of that vaccine and the violations of your faith, they're not even acknowledging that that is a real thing. They're just pretending it doesn't exist. And we've talked about this several times. They're not approving any religious exemptions in the military. So if your, if your religious views are not even going to be respected when you join the military, why should you stay there? At the very least, and this is the one thing that the U.S. military has been very, very good at doing when it comes to your personal lifestyle and livelihoods, they have always respected your faith. That was always the case when I was in. It's the case from everybody that's in there now that I've heard that the military's always respected your faith. And now they're taking your faith and they're basically going, no, it doesn't matter. Your faith is irrelevant. We don't care about your faith and we're not going to respect you. And why can't we keep anybody on the job? Hmm. Well, you got a vegetable as a commander in chief. You're trying to force them to do things against their will that won't actually benefit them medically. You're actively engaged in discounting their religious beliefs. Amongst a whole host of other criticisms that we could spend a lot of time talking about, but there's entire shows and podcasts developed to what's happening in the military today, and I'm not one of those. This, the idea, this they're either lying or they're tone deaf. I, I don't know which one it is. It could be both. A little combination of both. That they would go out there and go, we just don't understand why we can't keep it. It's just a tight labor market. It's just, yeah, it's a tight labor market. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I don't buy for a second the unemployment rate's as low as it is because nobody can hire anybody. And there are not more jobs now than there was before the pandemic. So what is going on? How is it? How is it that the unemployment rate is so low, yet nobody's at work? Right? Just, it's still over an hour to get a hamburger at a McDonald's. Why is that? Trying to figure that one out. So, whether they're lying or they're tone deaf or a combination of both, I'll let you decide. But the Army is super butt hurts about not being able to bring uh, bring in new recruits and, and retain other people. They don't have any idea why that is. Meanwhile, they toss everybody out, <laughs> doesn't comply with them, to the tune of thousands of them. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 5.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry. Creations, ImpressJewelers.com. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Earlier today, I referenced something. And I, I did not have the story in front of me. I forgot that I still had it. 
So I just found it in the Daily Show prep. I figured I would share it with you now, uh, just so you you kind of understood what I was referring to. It, it was a story from last Friday. I did not, I did not talk about it though. Uh, more than 200 House Democrats on Friday voted against Republicans' motion to recommit on the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act that was offered by Representative Bob Lott, a Republican of Ohio. It was to advance H.R. 6184, also known as the HALT All-Lethal Trafficking of Fentanyl Act. The goal of the bill is to permanently place fentanyl-related substances into a Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substances Act, making it illegal to sell the molecularly altered fentanyl substance manufactured by criminals. Okay? This doesn't affect medical-grade fentanyl. This is the, the illicit street drug fentanyl. Okay? It makes it illegal to traffic, to sell, to make it, all of that. All right? Fentanyl-related substances are currently temporarily under Schedule 1. The bill is in response to the record number of drug overdoses in the United States stemming from fentanyl pills and other drugs laced with fentanyl. And every year, um, they, they capture enough fentanyl to kill the entire population of, of the country at the southern border every single year. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death in Americans age 18 to 45 years old. So... Much more lethal than COVID. House Democrats opposed to the Halt All Lethal Trafficking of Fentanyl Act reportedly stems from its provision for mandatory minimum sentences for fentanyl traffickers. So the Democrats killed it because they don't want a mandatory minimum sentence for fentanyl traffickers. Fentanyl, right now, the most dangerous illegal drug substance that we know of. Recently, the Center for Disease Control Prevention announced that 105,752 Americans died from drug overdoses from October of 2020 to October of 2021. Let me repeat that. 105,752 Americans died from drug overdoses in one year's time. Significantly more than firearms. Down at our southern border, Customs and Border Protection are confiscating record amounts of fentanyl coming across from Mexico. For example... The Border Patrol seized over 11,201 pounds of fentanyl from October 2020 to September 2021, which is a 41% increase from the previous year. That is enough fentanyl to kill 2.5 billion people or the entire U.S. population over seven times. Yet Joe Biden is defunding those border provisions. While many drugs are illegally smuggled through ports of entry along the U.S.-Mexico border, fentanyl pills are also easy to traffic between the ports of entry since smugglers are able to pack hundreds of pills in a backpack as opposed to giant stacks of marijuana or bricks of cocaine. <clears throat> and the Democrats said, no, 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 we're not going to make this illegal because we don't like the mandatory minimum sentencing. So that's what I meant earlier when I said Democrats refuse to um, increase restrictions on fentanyl in spite of fentanyl's undeniable effect on killing Americans right now. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
right, so this is a, a bit of a humorous story out of Ukraine. There's not a lot of humor coming out of Ukraine, but this one I thought was pretty funny. So you know how the farmers have been stealing, not stealing, taking, <laughs> taking uh, Russian military equipment that gets left on the battlefield? Because a lot of this equipment wasn't destroyed or was disabled, but isn't, you know, in disrepair. They could easily be repaired. But some of it, they just ran out of supplies or was abandoned, right? So maybe it ran out of gas or something like that. Uh, there's that really funny video of the basically these Ukrainian dads. They found a Russian tank and just ran out of gas. So they put gas in it and they drove the thing home. I mean, it's hysterical. Um, so what has happened is the farmers, this has turned into a big old meme and everything else about the, the tractors stalking their prey. What has happened is the farmers in Ukraine have snagged so much military hardware that the Ukrainian government has started to offer rewards. So if you have a, a small combat ship, $50,000 US, a military ship, $200,000. Uh, if you have other military vehicles, you can get $10,000. Infantry fighting vehicle, $50,000. Tanks or artillery, one hundred grand. Combat helicopter, five hundred grand. If you have combat aircraft, you get a million dollars U.S. from the Ukrainian government just to hand it over. So that's not a bad payday for a farmer who just had a tractor out in a field. So this is this is I, I think this is hysterical. But hey, folks, Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night.